Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're so glad to have you here today. And we would love it if you'd go leave a rating and review when you finish listening to this episode. We love to read those. Uh, we use them to get better, and we might even read yours on the next episode. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks for doing it. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, here in the studio today with Nathan Howard. What's up? For a conversation with Justin Hall. Justin, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me. So Justin serves as the student pastor at First Baptist Church in Prattville, Alabama. Uh, says he loves walking alongside students and their parents, which is a key point. We're going to get to that in this episode, too. As they navigate life and grow into a deeper relationship with Jesus, Justin has a heart for evangelism and cultivating an atmosphere of discipleship in his student ministry. Bachelor of Arts in Theology from the University of Mobile, Master's of Theological Studies from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He is married to Adrian, and they have two children, Riley and Rhett. And like I said, Man, we're so thankful that you're here uh, to have a conversation on the podcast today. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited to be with you guys. We're looking forward to uh, to what's going to come over the next few minutes. So, mentioned that you are down there in Prattville, uh, and so talk about just real quickly, just on the introduction side of things. How long have you been there at First Baptist in Prattville? Yeah, so I'm actually entering into my fourth year. Okay. Uh, so June will be the start of my fourth year here. Uh, and so it has been an amazing uh, time here. We're very excited about the work that God's doing and uh, excited to see uh, really some of the growth and, and some of the things that's taken place in our just our short time that we've been here so far. And uh, man, just eager to see what your four holds for us. Man, I am too for you because uh, yeah. just so like listeners, you know, I have been on the ground with Justin recently at an event that he did. Um, and today's episode, we're going to talk about raising up an, the next generation of disciples and specifically building an, a student ministry that develops teenagers to disciple other teenagers. And when I was with you and speaking at your Disciple Now event, one of the things that stood out to me was how engaged your students were. I mean, they were Bibles yeah. out, notebooks out, pens out, taking notes, uh, locked in every single service. Like it is... Uh, it, like I said, it stood out to me, man. And so I wanted, when we were talking about this episode and the topic, I was like, we need to have Justin. It was clear to me that their actions reflected a culture of discipleship that you've been building. It was not like a one-time event kind of thing, but that's who they were. So uh, I'd love to start with you giving us a brief snapshot of your ministry context. We talked about how long you've been serving there. So for this to be happening in just going on four years, the Lord's clearly yeah. doing a work there. So I'd love for you to talk about the context of your ministry and kind of what your mindset has been as you started there to develop this culture. Yeah. So uh, for our context here, I deal with seventh through 12th grade. Um, that's the that's the ages and the grades for our student ministry here. And um, we're very, we're very fortunate to be a very strong uh, multi-generational church. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've got several generations of families, um, and the majority of our students are very familiar with not only um, the church, but specifically our local church here in Prattville. And uh, I was extremely fortunate to have the ability to step into not only a well-established church that was already discipleship-minded, uh, but also to be able to step into uh, a very well-rounded, well-grounded student ministry mm. that was up and going already. Um, and so just a, a little bit about me, my heart uh, is to see unsaved students 
find life in Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, but I also I also want them to know that this is the starting point. Uh, salvation is what you need. Life change is what we need to see happen. But we don't stop there. And yeah. so then we enter into what is discipleship? What does it look like? All this kind of good stuff. Um, and and just a, a pause timeout moment right here for us. We believe um, that one of the top two or three things that I could ever do here in our context where we are here as student pastor uh, when it comes to discipleship is to come alongside parents in our ministry to teach them how to be the primary disciple role um, for their students and to walk through life with them in the area of discipleship and to aid them uh, in taking that lead role with their students. And so um, our student ministry with the context that we're set in is kind of a twofold thing. So our typical uh, worship night is on our on our Wednesdays and we've got Sunday small groups and stuff, but um, we primarily hit uh, heavy on two different things for our worship services. We're going to have um, a very big evangelistic uh, push. It's going to be very guest friendly, uh, first time visitor oriented, stuff like that, large group worship. Mm -hmm. uh, and then part two is after we're done with large groups and the discussion that we've had and the scripture we've opened together, uh, we divide off into small groups by um, grade and by gender. Okay. Um, and so in those small group moments, um, we are very big on taking the scripture deeper. We're very big on discipleship through that context. And so um, you know, that's been one of the greatest moments of success that we found here is, you know, we can still have large group worship uh, to where we are making very much of Jesus, whether it's someone, this is their first time stepping in the doors of a church and hearing the name Jesus, uh, or if they've been coming here since birth and they are well grounded and have known Jesus for 10 years, uh, they get small group times that go, we're going to dive in deep. We're going to be very intentional uh, in our moments of discipleships and small groups. And so that's kind of a, a little bit of the context we're set up in here. So when you started out and thinking, okay, I want, I want to be an evangelistic ministry that we're going to be, we're going to clearly preach the gospel every week. We're going to give people an opportunity to respond to him every week. And, and also we're going to walk with them after that moment. And we're going to make sure that we are teaching them to follow Jesus along with introducing them to Jesus. When you, you said, okay, this is what we want to do. What were some of the first things you did four years ago when you started to begin the process of building that culture? Yeah. So uh, like I said, whenever we got here, a lot of groundwork had been laid, strong ministry already. Um, and so I had the luxury of stepping in and going, okay, what are some things we really need to tweak? We're already off the ground. We're already moving. Um, and so I don't have to camp out in that area of establishing, you know, really a good, strong student ministry. So how can we come along, build on the foundation that's already been laid, go a little bit deeper. And so um, the need for discipleship has always been great. Uh, and so we were set up really good with our adult small group leaders. Uh, and so they were already in the routine of being able to um, pour into that time. But what we found was, you know, we were running large numbers and we're going from event to event and we're able to push out a lot of really good stuff. But we really saw, and especially as being the, the new guy that kind of stepped in, um, we were really able to see that you know, some of our seniors didn't know our freshmen and mm -hmm. some of our juniors didn't know our seventh graders. And so we had this divide 
uh, in our student ministry. And so as we sit down, we go, what is the what is the weakness here? Like, what are we missing? I mean, numbers are not the issue for us. Events and planning, programming, that's not our issue. So what are we missing? And the more we dug into that, um, we found out very clearly that this is a this is a, a discipleship area, mm-hmm. an area that we really need to uh, dive into. And so what we've done is we established some very intentional moments that say, hey, we want to come alongside of you. We want to do life. Uh, of course, we want to introduce you to Jesus, but then we're here with you. Like we're the place you can come to uh, and you can do life with us. And so we moved to discipleship groups. Um, and so what this looks like is our our mindset was, you know, God, bring a spirit of unity through discipleship. Um, you know, we're having small groups already, but there's still something we're missing. And so as we sat down and dove into the idea, we done it not with the idea um, that our 12th grader are going to become best friends with our seventh graders. That yeah. wasn't our idea, but our idea was um, we wanted to be set up in a process to where any of our seventh graders could go to any of our 10th graders at any time and say, Hey, I would like to be discipled by you. And mm-hmm. so what we, the, the process uh, and the plan that we rolled out was one that said, we're going to take our three older grades, our 10th through 12th grade, and you're going to, into disciple our three younger grades, seventh through uh, ninth. And so what that looks like for us is our 10th grade disciples our seventh grade, our 11th grade disciples our eighth grade, and our 12th grade disciples our ninth graders. And um, it's a it's a really neat process to see this unfold. And we've now that we've got this structure in place for a few years, you know, we, we went back to God and we said, okay, the structure's here. We know what this is going to look like. We know that there are multiple levels of discipleship now built into our group. We've got discipleship at home with the parents, uh, which we could talk about in just a moment. But then you've got discipleship through our adult leaders. Uh, and now we're building in a, a touch point number three that says our students are beginning to disciple younger students. Um, and so now that we had that structure, we were able to go back to God and say, OK, God, like, we don't want this just to be another hangout time or another thing that we produce and we're known for doing, but we want to make sure spiritually that our students are moving in the direction they need to move. Um, And so for example, even though we have different grades meeting in different homes being led by students that are older than them, um, we have them all walking through the same studies we have them all walking through the same stuff with the idea of once a seventh grade boy walks out of his discipleship time he can go talk to his ninth grade buddy that has also gone through the same discipleship study and they're able to have even more conversation outside of their you know specific time frame yeah um and so it's it's been really neat to put some in- intentional uh structure and build in conversation behind what we do in our discipleship groups uh, and we've seen that that has begun to spill over into other conversations that began to really turn into some other neat things. Um, and so that's a that's a little bit of our setup. Uh, each of our each of our groups take place in a home uh, that are set up throughout town and uh, they're able to go there. And even though it's student led, um, they're still there under the oversight of the host home adult that's okay. there with them. That's one so. of the things I was going to ask you is how the adult partnership worked in that. So, man, one of the biggest questions that I think people are saying is, okay, 
we get your structure. You've got Sunday morning groups. You've got Wednesday night worship service and then some groups that take place after that. And then you've got this home group that is students leading students with adults nearby. Uh, Right. But the majority of that, like the student is the one that's leading. They're not co-leader with an adult. They are taking the reins and running with it, which I think is an important note for listeners to hear as they're as they're contemplating, man, is this something that we could do? So, Justin, I think a question that people are probably asking is like, how did you know when your students were ready to start doing this? Or did you just say, we've got to get there, so we're going to start and we're going to grow together in this as it happens. Yeah, so it was kind of a both end. So whenever we sat down um, and whenever we really began to cast this vision of the direction we knew that God was moving us in and in the area of discipleship, uh, we were very strategic with year number one. And so we went to uh, a group of our 10th graders and uh, we said, hey, we're handpicking you. We have already seen spiritual growth. We have already seen you lead in other areas. Uh, and we want to honor that. We want to give you more responsibility. We want to help highlight you as a leader in our group. And one of the ways we want to do that is through this new discipleship plan that we have. Um, and so we chose them specifically for year number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also were very strategic with the homes we chose. Um, so the homes that we went to, I said, Hey, um, I want you to host this brand new seventh grade girls discipleship group. Um, you don't have to teach, but what you have to do is be willing to open your home, be willing to have some snacks there, you know, have your presence there, put, put your stamp of your home on it. Um, and then I just want you hanging out, uh, nearby while our students are talking. Yeah. And so it was a, it was a tricky process on our end to go, okay, God, we want to do this right. Um, and we want to be known for doing this right. We want this to be part of our culture and our atmosphere. So how do we, how do I, as the student pastor, really make sure that everything that's being taught is not just read out of a book, but that we are biblical, we are theologically sound, everything's pointing where it needs to point and stuff like this. Um, and so that was one of the main reasons we decided to go with all the same study, just mm-hmm. on their own levels and in their own, in their own spaces. Um, and so the way the way we established year number one was we sat down with those leaders um, and we would walk through with them very much baby steps um, that says this is what this needs to look like. And it was almost like a, a mini discipleship program for us. Um, yeah. You know, my wife and I would sit down with these first uh, few leaders, this group of leaders that we had. And we said, we're we're going to teach you how to teach them. We're going to disciple you on how to disciple someone. Um, and so we had a certain amount of months that we spent uh, just in prayer and going over this saying, hey, here's our idea. We know this is where God has taken us. Um, and we want to set you up for success. We want to set this up to be good. And so after year one rolled out and um, we we began to not not loosen our concern, but we began to say, okay, God, like we, we really trust you. And that was an area of growth, you know, on my part to say, man, I've got <laughs> 10th graders lead in discipleship groups, yeah. you know, and uh, to say, God, like, I, I know how careful I am with the words I say and with the the message I send, you know, Holy Spirit, I, I need you to speak. And so, um, so after that first year, uh, it became a lot more clear. Okay. We need moments of training for all of our leaders. And now that we're in year four, um, this is the first year we're able to see those that started out as seventh graders 
begin to leave for the mm-hmm. very first time. And so we're able to uh, get a little more relaxed because now they've been through three years of it. They've saw our training displayed multiple times. Um, and so that first year was a little, a little nervousness for me. Yeah. Um, but man, ever since then, it really wants the momentum picked up behind it. It's been a very smooth process for us, man. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you, uh, was what you're seeing happen now. So you, you've been doing this for three years going into the fourth year. I bet it is awesome to see seventh graders who have been a part of this process begin to lead. Has it become something? And I want to hear more about what results you're seeing now, but I want to start with, has it become something that your junior high or middle school students are seeing as like a rite of passage? Like, Oh, once I get to 10th grade, then I can start leading one of these. Yes, absolutely. So it's awesome. Um, it, it has been one of the most rewarding things that God could have showed us here on this side of heaven is, Mm. uh, you know, we get to see this glimpse of the impact that it's making and the, the transformation that's taking place. And so, um, COVID hit us hard in this area. And so we tried to go to all zoom discipleship groups and stuff like this. Um, but that interaction, that face to face, that's huge. And so whenever we began to come out of this and our church began to meet again, um, this new group of 10th graders who started as seventh graders. Um, I mean, that was the, that was the first questions out of their mouth was when our discipleship group. Hmm. And it's really neat to see, uh, this 10th grade group group that's been through all three years and are now ready to be leaders. We've got more people wanting to lead groups than we have groups established. Wow. And so it's really neat to see now in year four, we're saying, okay, we've built this into our ministry but now let's just throw around the idea of what happens if this 10th grader who's been trained and discipled for three years, what if they don't disciple our group here? We still have that. But what happens if your group that you're responsible for is at your lunch table every day for your hour break during lunch? Or what if it's at break when you're hanging out, eating a snack together? Like what if your crew is the ones that you pour into now that you know how to disciple um, and that's been one of our our biggest areas of growth, because when we first started this a few years ago, it was like, no, we we just want to focus on our students like that was our yeah. students mindset. And so to see their mind and their hearts expand and want to do stuff outside of our group, um, it gives me so much joy to know, hey, even even students that are not currently coming to our student ministry are beginning to have the opportunity to be discipled by our students. Um, and so, man, we're able to be the church outside of the church walls. And so it's great. Sounds a lot like discipleship, doesn't it? <laughs> to be in the church outside yeah, the church walls. I absolutely love what you're doing. I want to cool. hear more about things that you've seen happen as a result of being very intentional. And here's one of the things yeah. I love about where you've started. Okay. So there are some, uh, churches that are naturally good at evangelism, some that are naturally good at discipleship. And it's really easy in church world for those two things to be separated and for us to dive deeply into the thing that we're most drawn to or most gifted to in our leadership or in structure. You've started off by saying, we are an evangelistic student ministry. And we we also do this. And so what I see in action from being on the ground with you. And what I hear from you is no discipleship is the whole process. And that's what we would say in scripture. And there are a lot of people that would say like, yes, of course we can't separate those things, but to see it in action, I think is a really, really special thing. I said in, when we started this, 
uh, and I think this is a result. I think I got to see one of the things that is the result of you doing this for the last three years is that it is an engaged group of students ready to study the Bible. And certainly there are some that are not as engaged as others, as there are in every student ministry. Right. But normally, like you go in and speak somewhere and it's like the junior and senior girls that brought their notebooks and they have their pens out and they're, and they're ready. And everybody yeah. else is at a varying level of engagement beyond that or short of that. But I'm telling you, listeners of the podcast, like I was blown away from night one, how many teenagers were locked in, not to me or the band, but to the Lord and, and what he had to say. And so that's. Man, it, it shows, I think, a faithfulness of you leading in this direction. So I, I've seen that as a result of this. What else are you seeing kind of in the day-to-day of ministry? Yeah, yeah. so that that has been probably one of the biggest things we could put eyes on. Um, uh, you know, it's really neat. Just even last night at our, at our worship gathering, uh, we had two of our eighth grade girls show up, and they were so excited that they had remembered to bring their journal. And, you know, they came up to us and— these are two students who, within the last year, um, have never gone to our church. Now they have accepted Christ. Uh, they've been baptized here at our church. They've joined our local body of believers. And now, just within a few short months, here they are showing up, ready to write stuff down. And so, um, you know, we were able to pull them to the side. And uh, I asked them, I said, if you could just tell me, why are you doing this? Like, just give me some of your perspective on why this is happening in your life. Um, one of the students, she told me, she said, I know God is speaking to me. And so if God's got something to say to me, it's going to be worth writing down and remembering. And so that goes back to this whole idea of as we establish this discipleship group and these discipleship plans, um, our heart behind it was, you know, God, teach us how to respect your word. Teach us how to grow in your word, how to become more like you daily. Uh, and so we've been able to see our students really grab hold of that and uh, you know, whenever one of the things that kind of stirred our hearts is we did not have uh, an atmosphere of students bringing their Bibles and an atmosphere of students bringing their journals to take notes and to even use as their own journal in time and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, we we built that into this discipleship plan of what you see on the screen on Wednesday nights, the the scripture passage or two that we throw up there, like that's not enough for you. That's not um, enough to supply and to support what you need. And so part of that discipleship and at the beginning of it, especially for our seventh graders, one of the main things we hit on there is like you're in student ministry now. Um, And so we are going to set an expectation for you to bring your Bible to church and to let us know what you've been reading and doing. And here's how you do it and how to respect scripture um, and to, you know, respect the God that wrote it. And, uh, you know, we hit big on neglecting time with God uh, is its own way of sin. Hmm. And so that's built into our moments of discipleship. And so through those moments of teaching um, and those kind of conversations take place in the much smaller setting. And so, um, you know, that gives me uh, the confidence to go, hey, my, my students are really speaking truth into our younger students because they're showing up with uh, their journals and with their Bibles to take notes as they've heard the older ones talk about God speaking. We need to write it down like that's become a part of our normal conversation mm-hmm. and culture here. Um, but I think probably 
outside of that, one of the other biggest things that we've been able to see, um, you know, we, we looked at it and we go, man, I don't really know what this is going to look like once they graduate out because, you know, they've gone through three years of disciple making and pouring into seventh through ninth grade. Um, now we're getting ready to graduate them out. We're getting ready to launch them into all of these different campuses and workforces and militaries, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and so what does this look like? Like, we don't want this to stop. And so we've been, we've, uh, been more intentional over the last year and a half or so during COVID, we were able to sit down and look at this and go, what do we do, um, with these seniors who are graduating out? Because at the start of that, at the start of this plan, that was not something that was on my mind. I, I was so narrow-minded and focused on our students here. Um, I neglected the what happens after graduation, yeah. you know, with the discipleship making process. And so um, we've seen great results in, I mean, we've, I can tell you of our college students that are leading ministries on their college campuses. Mm-hmm. I can tell you of some of our disciple makers that are in the workforce already and they're sending us text or we're having conversations with them throughout the week and they're saying hey for you know the fourth or fifth week straight um, I've applied the same stuff that I learned during my time in student ministry to my lunch break at work and I've got one of my co-workers that we go and we get um, a sandwich together at the local sandwich shop and we sit down and we're walking through scripture together and um, their words to us are, this is stuff we begin to learn in student ministry. And so that has been, um, again, just one of the greatest rewards on, on this side of heaven to be able to see those small victories of this wasn't just something that they got all hopped up about during their years. And then we lost them in college, but yeah. we're finding that this is a way we're able to stay connected. We're able to hold them accountable in college and say, hey, who who are you discipling? Like we we showed you how to do it. Now talk to us and tell us. Give us some real life names and examples of how this has carried over into your adulthood. Um, and so it's neat to see it go now beyond students into adulthood with disciple makers that are that are now adults and doing it in their context of where they are living now. It's amazing, man. So I I would love to end with this. What would you tell? other student pastors. They've heard you talk about this. They've had some of these same thoughts and they're like, okay, I want to begin doing this. You're now going into the fourth year of it. Your seventh graders are now beginning to disciple others. What advice would you give to other student pastors having now walked and implemented this over the last three years of ministry? Yeah. um, So during this process, Uh, I think I grew more in my area of prayer and fasting than Mm -hmm. any other time Um, because the weight behind this is so heavy uh, to know that if this is not done correctly, uh, people's eternities are suffering. And uh, so, you know, we really I would encourage you to start with prayer and fasting and then I would encourage your vision casting to be one of the most rock solid vision castings you've ever done. And so for us, we were very strategic whenever we got ready to cast our vision for this new area of ministry. We let our students know about it. You know, we, you, I mean, we were able to hop it up. We were able to get them excited and all of this kind of good stuff. But then we also cast this vision and cast a very wide vision to all of our parents. And we Mm -hmm. said, parents, like, 
we want you to understand a couple of different things. I, as your student, as your students, student pastor, I am your biggest cheerleader in your home. Like I want you to be a very good disciple um, influence in your students' lives. And so we're going to come alongside of you. And while we are discipling your students, we're going to disciple you on how to do that. And so one of the things that helped us the most, and I would encourage this in all student ministries that, that do this in an area of discipleship, um, is we created what we call next-gen services. And so we do these four times a year, uh, and it's set up as a bridge is what it is. We wanted to bridge the gap between student parents and students in the area of worship and in the area of discipleship. Hmm. And so four times a year, we go all out. Um, we have these these huge worship services where parents are invited. Um, they come with their students. And I mean, naturally, they sit in different play. All the parents sit together and students sit together. <laughs> but um, they're in the same location and they have an opportunity to worship under the same roof outside of a typical Sunday morning setting. Right. Uh, and then as our students break off and they divide up into their small group times, uh, we keep the parents with us. And we say, okay, you know, this is our this is our fourth time meeting this year. And so here's a ton of free resources. Here's a ton of training. We're going to spend 30 minutes to train you in this area of how to be a successful disciple maker uh, in your home. Hmm. And so the first year um, we did not do that. And so we began to work that in after year one. Uh, and if I had it to do all over again or if I started from scratch again, parents would that service would be there because yeah. what we found is um, is with our students, we were able to get them excited. We were able to give them a leadership role and give them a disciple making role uh, and they bought into it. But once we got the buy-in from the parents and once they really understood that we are establishing a culture that truly cares about your students' well-being spiritually, um, it's, it's been 90 to nothing since then. And so uh, I would encourage all student pastors that are thinking of this or beginning to look in this direction, pull together some of your key parents and say, hey, here's what we're thinking about. Pray through this with me. Let's do some fasting together. Um, and then let's look at what it would be like to bring parents along in this process um, so that we can ensure this goes on long after long after we're done. I love it. Well, I, s listeners of the podcast, I hope that you are uh, affirmed, encouraged, challenged today from Justin uh, and and also gave us a lot of practical application and how to implement and things that he's done along the way. So. What a fantastic episode with Justin. Uh, man, I, I said this in the intro, but when we were talking about doing an episode on this topic, he came into my mind right away because I had just recently been with him at an event. And so I wanted to personally dig in more to what mm. was going on there. Uh, but let's talk about what stood out. There's probably going to be a few things here that hit that hit us along the way. Nathan, what stood out to you from our conversation with Justin? Yeah, quite a few things stood out. One of the big ones was I, I really loved how he, whenever he got there, he said, you know, he, he stepped into a student ministry that I think for a lot of us would be like, man, this is functioning great. He was like, the people were there. We were like, man, this isn't all the things. We can just keep this going. But he didn't. He asked the question, where do we, what do we need to do? What do we need to continue to improve on? And that's what landed him in this, yeah. the place of like, man, our students aren't connecting. What does discipleship look like? And that led him to where he's at now. And obviously you heard the whole conversation. It's just incredible. Yeah. You know, man, I, I agree. The, the, 
the ability to diagnose the issue of, okay, our attendance is good. We're growing there. Things are happening. Culture's good. But my 12th graders don't have relationships with my ninth graders and Mm -hmm. my 11th graders don't. So there was this gap and he solved it with, I'm going to put them in discipleship together. Yeah. Not I'm going to get them to go bowling together or what, you know, sub in the fun thing. Right. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that can be a solution too, but the long-term relational impact, he said, this is a discipleship issue and put them into it together. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Yeah, I think, I think too, I just think, as he was talking about how he has like, you know, he has his 10th graders disciple, his seventh graders, 11th, eighth graders, 12th graders, not disciple the ninth right. graders. I was like, man, how strong is that? Because it's so easy for students, I think, to sit and just kind of, I think he's addressed this in two ways. And what I'm going to say, he, it's so easy for students to kind of just sit there and just kind of take and learn and, and maybe soak. But then whenever you're given the weight and the responsibility of teaching, I think that adds a whole nother level of, man, I I want to make sure it it really is something that I'm fully into, you know, yeah. like I want to, you know, you know, want to study, spend time in the prayer. And then on the flip side of that, his story with the, with the girls coming up to him and saying like, if God's got something to say, it's going to be important. So we want to write it down. Yeah. So creating that culture where students bring their journals, they write it down. I remember when you came back and even before we talked about doing this podcast episode, you'd come back and was like, Hey, I just did this D now and all their students like had these journals and <laughs> were writing this stuff. You were like, it's incredible, which, which it is, you know? Yeah. And so to create that culture of students wanting to learn. And I think that a big piece of that is they, they see other students pouring into them. It's yeah. not just the one or two students who are like, Oh, these people, you know, kind of get it. And they're obviously outspoken. It's, he's got more, he's got more leaders and he's got groups and their students. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So man, the word that stands out to me about what you just said was creating, it was expectation. So like, this is a group of teenagers that expected to hear from God to the point that they said, if God's going to speak, we need to write it down. And he said the same phrase with the same language and words every time. So that's a phrase that they use in their ministry. If God's going to speak, we ought to write it down. Mm -hmm. And they came with their notebooks expecting God to speak. I mean, they don't know me from anybody. I'm just the dude that's there to speak. And that doesn't matter, like, regardless of who was standing up there, they came expectant to hear from God. And man, that belief in and that expectation that God is going to speak says a ton about the culture that discipleship has brought out in those students. Mm -hmm. Like they, they know that when they open their Bibles, I, I need to be prepared for God to speak right here. Some of the other things that I wrote down. Uh, the connection with parents, mm-hmm. obviously something we talk about on the podcast a lot and saying involving parents. And Justin even said, if I had to do it all over again, I would get them in earlier. I would be yep. doing what I'm doing now with them year one of this. The other thing that I wrote down that I thought was really, really cool is the methodical way that he approached this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't ready, fire, aim. Yep. He talked about several months of preparing and praying and training and leading that group of leaders before they launched this. And I just believe that that ha- that is part of the secret sauce of what's going on here is the preparation in prayer mm-hmm. and the preparation in people to launch this the right way. Yeah. And I love that it's now year four 
and he gets to see what happens from the seventh graders now becoming teachers. Yeah. He played the long game. He didn't give up when it got hard in year one or two. He didn't stop when COVID hit. He kept going because he knew, I think, like you said, from the prayer, from the fasting, that this is the right direction. God had given them. I mean, it's clearly a God-ordained thing to see yeah. this kind of fire in student ministry. And so I think that, you know, just sticking it out, continuing to refine, but continuing to trust that God is going to work and do and not just give up when it maybe doesn't seem, maybe you hit a few bumps along the way. Yeah. Amazing story. Super excited to have Justin on today. I hope that you guys have benefited and learned as much as we have today from Justin. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We will see you next week.